0: Good evening Shawnee Baptist Church. It is great to be here for our online service and uh, I am so delighted that you and your family would take time to join us this evening. Uh, I pray that the service tonight would be an encouragement to you, uh, would be a blessing to you. I also pray uh, that the Lord would uh, put somebody on uh, this video who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and that Uh, tonight or when they watch this, uh, they would take time to receive Jesus Christ. And uh, I know it was just this past Sunday I had the opportunity. um, During the Sunday evening service, we were reached out by a man who was tuning in. He had been watching for the last week and a half, two weeks. And after the service, Brother Tim Smith was able to get his phone number for me. I was able to uh, talk to him. And uh, 40 minutes later, uh, I was able to pray with him, and uh, the man professed faith in Jesus Christ. It was just a, a God-ordained conversation that came about because the Spirit of God led him uh, to our services and led him to reach out to our church family. We praise the Lord for that. And uh, that's a great segue into um, just a reminder about uh, our fundraising campaign for our media and live stream. We have already had $16,000 come in, the 10000 that I had mentioned. And then another 6,000 came in uh, over the weekend, and uh, that's that's not counting anything else that'll come in uh, from now till even this Sunday. And so uh, asking the Lord to meet the need there and uh, looking forward to sharing updates uh, on, on that's coming along. We're able to already this week to uh, purchase some things that'll come in this week that Lord willing, uh, we'll be able to have ready uh, by this Sunday or the next Sunday. And that leads me to, uh, people have asked, I had some people text me, Pastor, how did that leadership meeting go on Monday night about reopening uh, the assembling of the church? We had such a a fabulous meeting. It was followed up with a few phone calls uh, on Tuesday. Um, And I'm excited to announce to you this evening that our Sunday service, Sunday morning service, will be open this Sunday. Yes, one week earlier than what we were planning. And uh, in that meeting, I shared a quick devotion. I don't want to take up all my Wednesday evening time uh, with this, but I do want to walk you through um, just uh, one or two reasons why we're reopening this weekend, and then also segue into what you can expect from our Sunday morning services. And so real quick, uh, Monday evening, I shared a quick devotional with the men Uh, about this. What is appropriate? And and I mentioned a few things. Uh, First of all, we know it's appropriate for believers to assemble together. Uh, We have a a God-given command to make sure that when the church doors are open, that we are there, that as a church, we are gathering together. And I know that has been paused for a little bit for the safety of uh, those around us. And, And I believe scripture gives us uh, the right to do that as well. I think it's important that uh, we did what we did as a church uh, to help. It's also appropriate to pray for those in leadership. And, and I, I do encourage you to pray for our governor, uh, to pray for uh, the city of Louisville's mayor and our local and even national leaders that God would give them wisdom uh, and and for our church, uh, the leaders of our church, I appreciate your prayers for me as pastor. But we have uh, a command to pray for our leadership. First Timothy chapter two verses one and two. Uh, it's appropriate to listen and adhere to those in authority. God God sets up people um, for us to act uh, to help us, and we need to make sure that we're doing what we can. That when it doesn't break Scripture, to listen and to adhere. Uh, To what they're asking. Let me also say this: it's appropriate to take a stand when necessary. We we look at we look at scripture, and we find multiple people uh, who, when um, things did not match up to what God had said, uh, they did something different. You think of Daniel and prayer. You think of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, not bowing down to the statue. You think of uh, even Paul in different occasions, and uh, there. Uh, in Acts chapter five, we read of Peter and the other apostles answered the religious leaders of the time and said, "We ought to obey God rather than men." Um, now, with that as our context, um, last Friday uh, we uh, here in Kentucky there was a court order document saying that churches could reopen as uh, long as they were maintaining social distance and practicing guidelines. And being wise. Um, That was Friday evening, Friday afternoon. And uh, I had a couple of people text that to me and say, hey, could we have church this Sunday? And, And honestly, I would have loved to have church last Sunday. I just felt like we had a leadership team planned on Monday. We were gonna talk through some things. If we're gonna reopen, we wanted to reopen right, we wanted to be wise about it. And I did not feel like we could put into place the things that we need to do to safely reopen and effectively reopen on Sunday. And, and I'm, I'm sure there was some people who would disagree with that, who would have really loved to, and, and, and I'll be honest, I, would really, I really wanted to as well. I just thought it was necessary uh, for us to take a little extra time. Neither do I think it's appropriate for us to wait until March 24th uh, to reopen. I think this weekend would give us a great time. We ha- we've had our meeting we, we have this week to plan and prepare and ready the auditorium and ready uh, the staff and get the volunteers and make sure we have uh, things done right. And so this Sunday, uh, we're going to dive into it. Now, before I talk to you about what that Sunday is going to look like, let me say this also, it's appropriate to be found going the extra mile. Uh, you think of government overreach, uh, there could not be any greater example of government overreach than we find in Scripture When for the Jewish people, if a Roman soldier, a Roman came up to them and said, I want you to carry my pack, my bag, my things, possessions, uh, they had to carry it for one mile. Like It was required. Could you imagine that today? The minute somebody asked, a Roman asked a Jew that you have to carry, I want you to carry my stuff, they were required by law to carry their bag. So how would they respond to that? Or how were they supposed to respond to that? Jesus addresses it. He says there in Matthew chapter five on the Sermon on the Mount, teaching his disciples there, uh, and he says in verse number 41, and whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. He said, if somebody asks you to carry their things for one mile, I want you to go two miles. I want you to go above and beyond. And by the way, I want you to do it with the right attitude. And when we look at guidelines and procedures and things that we would do to reopen, um, there's gonna be a spectrum of, of people and I completely understand that. There's gonna be some and, and maybe you're sitting there thinking, pastor, if we reopen this week or even next week or even a month from now, I don't, I don't think I'd be at the service. If that's how you feel about it, I am so for you. You have to make a decision uh, based on God's spirit leading you and I want you to be wise and I want you to make sure that you stay healthy. Please do that. Then there's going to be some that say, Pastor Frost, I really don't care. I don't think this is that big of a deal. And uh, I think this is blown way out of proportion. And you might not agree or understand some of the things that we're going to do these for at least these first uh, couple weeks. But let me remind us, it is appropriate that when we can to go the extra mile and to do it with the right attitude. And that leads me to the last thing that we mentioned. It's also appropriate for us as leadership to lead in a way and and really for the church uh, to lead and follow in a way that considers the most vulnerable. Um, You think of uh, Jacob. Um, Esau said, hey, Jacob, why don't you come with me and let's push on ahead. And, And Jacob says this in Genesis 33, let us take our journey and let us go and I will go before thee. And he said unto him, this is Jacob, my Lord knoweth that the children are tender and the flocks and herds with young are with me. And if men should overdrive them one day, all the flock will die. Let my Lord, I pray thee, pass over before a servant and I will lead on softly according as the cattle that go before me and the children be able to endure until I come unto my Lord unto seer. And he said, Esau, why don't you go ahead and run on ahead because I can't run at the pace that you're running at. I have people with me, and in his regard, it was children with me, who they can't keep that pace. And I'll lose some. They, they are vulnerable. And if we look at this situation, is this a, a serious health concern for many? Absolutely. Uh, there's definitely an at-risk population. There's definitely uh, what we would call uh, those who have health, previous health conditions Um, that that makes this thing a whole lot more dramatic and a whole lot more fearful. And I believe that all of us as a church family, because that's really what we are, we are a church, we are a called-out assembly, we are a family, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, it's important for us to stop and consider the vulnerable. And so though you might not understand or agree that everything that we're going to do these first couple weeks In the back of our mind, I wanna remind you that Jesus says it's okay to go the extra mile. Matter of fact, I encourage you to do that and I want you to do it with the right attitude. And then scripture gives us some great examples of considering those around us who are fearful about it, those around us who are more vulnerable uh, around us as well. So what does this Sunday look like for Shawnee Baptist Church? Hey, we're gonna be back to church. Now I am pumped about that. I am excited about that, and the benefits of that far outweigh some of the restrictions and some of the things that we're going to need to do. So let me say this. We we would like to run two services at least this Sunday morning and next Sunday morning. As we get our feet underneath us and as we put some of these things into practice, uh, it allows us to break the group into two different crowds uh, and, and really rightfully practice some of the things that are being asked of us as a church. And so we have a, a first service at nine o'clock. That service, let me say, is encouraged for those who are at that higher risk. Now, in some cases, um, CDC guidelines will say those who are elderly, 65 and above. Uh, but even those with uh, in our population who are at risk, they have higher health concerns already. Or or maybe you're sitting there listening to me thinking, Pastor Frost, I'm I'm still really nervous about this. And I don't know about being in an auditorium with 100 people or 150 people. I'm just not for sure about all the contact with the kids being here. This is the service for you. And and I do want to encourage you uh, that if you're at that at-risk population to join uh, me at 9 o'clock for that first service. In between the services, we will clean. So that service will go from about 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. And then from 10 to 10.30, we're going to clean uh, the auditorium, uh, re-clean the restrooms again. Uh, And then we'll have another service at 11 o'clock. And that will be a very family-friendly service in the sake of, uh, for those who have uh, children, young children, teens, um, and, and really anybody who wants to come to that 11 o'clock service, you're more than welcome to attend. We want you to be there. We want to encourage you. It will be a, more of a family-friendly service, a lot like a Sunday evening service here at Shawnee Baptist Church. Now, when you get here, you're pulling to the parking lot, you're going to park, and we have only two entrances that you'll be able to go through. Uh, the main front doors of the church auditorium Then also the doors will also be open um, over by the nursery hallway, those nursery hallway doors. So those are the only two places that you can enter in. We're asking that all of our church family leave the front parking in front of the main auditorium, that main stretch, it's about 16 to 20 spaces, that we leave that open for senior parking. And that way, our seniors don't have to pull around to the back. They don't need to pull uh, back there and go through those doors. We just want to keep those two main entrances. And so if you can help me with that, and we'll have people in the parking lot uh, reminding us about that. When you get up to the door, um, we'll have people standing there holding the doors. the outside doors open. All the inside doors will be propped open, and so you don't have to touch them or open them them up yourselves. There'll be somebody there uh, to greet you, to say hello, and we are, uh, at least the next couple weeks, going to check everybody's temperature as they get on, as, as they come through the door. We have the non-contact scanners. It'll take three to five seconds. But everybody that comes, we're going to uh, just do a brief temperature check, and then we're going to hand you a um, a mask to wear. Now, if you have your own mask, I want to encourage you uh, to bring to bring that with you. You'll not have to wear the mask the entire service, but what we're encouraging our church family and just strongly recommending that when you come into church and make your way to your pew, that you wear a face covering. When you get to the pew and you're seated, you can take that face covering off and you don't need to wear it the rest of the service. And then when you get up and leave, we're asking that as you're leaving and going from your pew back out the, the doors, that you'll wear that face covering. And then any time during the service that you would need to uh, go to the bathroom or get up and move or any anybody in the hallway. And, and I'm asking my staff, they will all do this. Uh, we're, we're recommending that, In between those times that you wear that face covering. And so if you have your own, please bring it. That'll save the church money. But we do have masks available for everybody uh, that comes that we can give you one and you'll be able to use that during this time. Now, when you go through, we're going to encourage you to put that mask on and then we will seat in the auditorium. We have a, a team of people who will help us maintain the social distancing. Now, the blessing is we have an auditorium that's very large. We can seat a lot of people in there and still meet the governor's 33% occupation uh, restriction. And so whether it's nine o'clock or 11 o'clock, as you come in to the auditorium, you'll you'll wait there at a spot, uh, six feet apart, you will be seated, uh, and then you can enjoy the service from there. At the end of the service, we're going to dismiss, uh, like a wedding would, you know, let the, the, the back file out first and we'll have an orderly uh, dismissal and head back out to their cars. Now, I know it's different. Uh, I know it, it's, once again, I hate it. I hate it, but I so love going to church and I so love the opportunity to see you. There will be this week uh, before Sunday there will be an email that goes out to all of our church family, reminding them uh, about these guidelines. And then it'll also talk about our planning for phase one, phase two, and phase three, kind of our reopening plans. Um, Then we're also gonna send a text message out with that information uh, linked to it. That way, whether you get the text or whether you get the email, you should have in your hands there for you, a copy of kind of what we're going to do and what we're talking about and thinking about. Now, I am so excited about the opportunity to worship with you Sunday. And uh, would you would you pray uh, for that service? We will live stream the 11 o'clock service. So for those who are thinking, Pastor Frost, I, I still don't think I, I could be there for that. I completely understand. Uh, I am praying for you. I love you. I pray that you will be wise, wise, uh, that you will stay healthy, uh, and that when when you are eight, when you feel like the Lord would have you come back to church, we cannot wait to see you. Uh, and so there will be a live stream. Even some of our new equipment, Lord willing, uh, will be up and running and be able to help us with that live stream service. So we're we're praying to that end. I, it'll be a stretch, but that's what we're that's what we're shooting for and hoping for. I can't wait to see you on Sunday. Now we're gonna jump into our Bible study this evening. Two wonderful announcements. Um, the, the live stream media announcement, we've raised 16,000 for it thus far. Uh, we still have some ground to make, but I do believe it's gonna come in this week. And I believe we'll have many people be generous in that. And then this Sunday, we're we're, we're back open, nine o'clock uh, and 11 o'clock Sunday evening service and Wednesday evening will still be live stream for the next two weeks. Okay, so we're going to run these two Sunday mornings, get our feet underneath us, making sure that we're doing this right, that we're able to do it right. And then we will launch out from there and start going through uh, our different phases of reopening. I'm so excited and pumped about what God's going to do. Let me put that information away. And we are looking at James chapter number two, James chapter number two. And uh, this evening, we're going to be in verses 10 through 13, verses 10 through 13. Uh, Remember, our theme of the truth, uh, our theme of the chapter is practicing the truth. Immature people talk about what they believe. Mature people talk and practice what they believe. Because we're dealing with a spiritual maturity, I pray that that gets stuck in your head. I'm gonna keep saying it while we're here in chapter two. Immature people talk about what they believe. Mature people talk and practice what they believe. And so we're looking at practicing the truth. We spent the last two weeks looking at verses 1 through nine dealing with respect of persons. And if you did not listen to either of those two, I want you to go back and listen to last Wednesday night's message. Uh, we review almost everything we said in week one of that, but last last Wednesday night, I believe is a message that every Christian needs to hear. Um, from what God says, and then some practical applications that the Holy Spirit uh, led me to make at the end of the service. I believe they're important for us. They're great reminders for us. And so if you haven't listened to those, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to that service on James 1 through 9 about respective persons. Um, But tonight, we're looking at these next couple verses. And here's the title of our sermon, Practical Thoughts, on practicing the truth. Practical thoughts on practicing the truth. Let me have a word of prayer and then we'll read these verses tonight. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. I am so excited that we get to open up your word together as a church family this evening. You love us so much. I'm so glad you do. I've been reminded about that this week as I uh, I listened to Sunday morning service and then uh, Monday with Brother Tim and then Uh, with Brother Ryan on Tuesday, and this morning, Brother Ricky, uh, I've been reminded of just how much that you love me and how much you love those listening. And God, I do pray that you speak to our hearts tonight in a very special way. I pray that you'd encourage us, strengthen us, uh, challenge us here in this passage in Scripture. And God, I do pray that if there's one listening this evening, that tonight, today, whatever it is for them, that it would be the day that they receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and begin a wonderful walk with you. Help them to have eternity settled. Now, God, I do pray for your help. I pray your Holy Spirit would uh, put out all the distractions uh, there in our home or wherever we're at, that we could focus on this passage, that our minds would be open, our hearts would be open to your spirit working. And I do pray that your spirit would empower me. I I need you. I am so inadequate to do to deliver your word. I I so need help And, and help us, Father, to not just be hearers tonight, but I pray your Holy Spirit would apply and that we would in turn be doers of your word. And we'll thank you and praise you for it. In the name of your son, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Look there with me, James chapter two, verses 10 through 13. Verse number 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also, do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and so do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. We're gonna jump right into the passage Uh, this evening for sake of time, and uh, a couple practical thoughts on practicing the truth. Some things that you and I need to consider in about our practice of our faith. Once again, spiritual mature Christians practice their faith. They they live it. So five considerations that, that you and I need to look at from this passage. Number one, we are not better than someone for practicing some of the law. If you practice more of scripture than somebody else, it doesn't make you better than them. In relation to respective persons that James just addressed, one might think that they are better than someone for their righteous acts. They might judge someone as not measuring up to them spiritually. And that's why we gotta be careful. We're not to compare ourselves amongst ourselves because the Bible says that's stupid. Well, it says it's not wise. Okay, James, one might say, I- I am, so I am guilty of showing favoritism and, and prejudice, but what about all the other good things that I'm doing? I- I'm, really, I'm really not that bad. Look what the Holy Spirit addresses through James here in verse number 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now, if thou could not commit adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. I might not murder someone, but if I have respect of persons, I am guilty of the whole law. I might not steal from someone, but if, I'd co- if I've cut, if i coveted something, I'm guilty of the whole law. I might go to church every single time the church doors have been open. But if I do not love my neighbor, then I'm still guilty of the whole law. How true is that in scripture then? If that's the case, if I offend in just one area, I'm guilty of the whole thing. Then man, Romans three twenty three. There is none righteous, no, not one. I'm not righteous. If that's if that's the standard, then if I offend it in one area, that I'm guilty of all. I am a sinner. And, and and church, Christian, we're all guilty of sin, and because of that we hold no better place than anybody else. But Pastor Frost, look at all the things that I do. Have you sinned? Have you broken the law? If you've broken the law, then you're guilty of all the law. When we receive and accept that truth, listen to me, when we receive and accept that truth, two things I believe take place. Number one, We come to better understand God's grace and mercy in our lives. When we realize that we are sinners, that we don't deserve anything good from God, but God's grace and and, and God is merciful. When we catch this, God's grace and mercy is expanded in our minds. Some of my spiritual heroes, now now what I mean by that is people that I look up to them. There's different things in their life that I pray would be modeled in my life. There's some men that I I pray I I could be a a husband like they are, I pray that I could be that, that to my wife. There's some men out there who are dads who who I pray that I could be the type of dad. I pray that I could live up uh, to their fatherhood example. I, I've got some spiritual heroes who pray. And, and church, I, I try to pray. I, I try to get alone with God. I, I pray that my prayer life someday measures up to their prayer life. I mean, I've got some spiritual heroes, but you know what happens when I sit down with those spiritual heroes? You know what I hear? God has been, Steve, God has been so gracious to me. God, Steve, Steve God has been so good to me. He's been so merciful to me. I'm, I'm nobody. And I think, man, you are somebody to me. But you know what they've learned? They've learned this truth. That if you offend in one area, you're guilty of all of it. We serve such a merciful and gracious God. The second thing, when we when we catch this truth, when we really land it in our life, we become more patient with others. The respective person thing, I believe, goes out the window when we realize that we're all sinners. And that if I'm guilty of one thing, I'm guilty of all of it, that I'm no better than anybody else. I'm the pastor, but I'm no better than anybody else who steps inside this church Because I am still a sinner just like them. And that makes us more patient. When we realize that, that yes, if if the world were going to weigh our sins, my my sin might look better than their sin, but the problem is, my sin is still just as bad. Uh, My sin uh, might, might seem to be a little lighter than their sin, but once again... If I've offended in one, I'm guilty of all. And when we catch it, when we realize that, when somebody walks through the doors, or when we're out and about and we're dealing with others, and when somebody who uh, mistreats us or somebody doesn't forgive us, we stop and we say, "Man, I am so glad God is gracious and merciful to me. And when I'm a sinner, and when I do Him wrong, and I can be more patient." This truth right here has the power to transform your life. First of all, we said we're no better than someone for practicing some of the law. Second of all, this evening, we don't get to pick and choose what commands of Christ that we want to keep and which ones we want to break. James here guards against selective obedience. It's the type of obedience that will pick and choose Which commands of God should be obeyed and which commands of God should be disregarded? Well, I really like God's commands about this, but God's commands about that, eh, it just doesn't float my boat. Or boy, I I really wish everybody would live by this. But when we turn the page, we're not willing to live by that. What is that? A A selective obedience. By the way, we, we started it more than likely as a young kid in our house. Mom and dad said this set of rules, and we liked three of the ten. We like we like seven of the ten, nine of the ten. But there was some that there was some selective obedience. We do the same thing to God. We don't get to pick and choose which commands of God we want to obey and which commands of God we want to neglect. A pious believer might have read verses one through nine here in this passage about respective persons and thought come on James I mean so so I am guilty of that I'm guilty of having prejudice but look at all the other things I've done look at all these other commandments that I've kept Uh, look at all the other displays of righteousness that I that I've made look at my check marks on the boxes of my Christian faith uh, yes, okay, maybe I've had respective persons, but am I really am I really that bad? You don't get to pick and choose which commands of God you want to obey and the ones you don't want to obey. It doesn't work that way. We don't get the liberty to selectively obey. So you do this, but you don't do that. Guess what? You're guilty. So you perform this, but you don't perform that, you're guilty. So you don't practice this, but you practice that, you're guilty. There's no room for selective obedience. That's exactly what he said here in this passage. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now, if thou commit no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of law. You've still broken the law, and if you've offended the law, you're guilty of all of it. Look what James says next. Verse number 12. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. So speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Brings me to point number three, this this third thing that we need to consider in our practicing the truth. We should live as though we're gonna be judged. We should live as though we're gonna be judged. Now, I know there's a one sitting out there that's saying, Pastor Frost, I should do right because it's right to do right. Not because I'm gonna be judged about it. Yes. You should do right because it is right to do right. But let me remind you what Scripture says here in this passage. So speak ye and do, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. You need to consider also that you're gonna be judged. Hey believer, make sure James is saying the things that we say and the things that we do are filtered through the mindset that one day we're gonna give an account for it. You know, it's not a mystery in scripture that we're gonna give an account for our speech and for our actions. Ecclesiastes talks about, we'll give an account for every work. Uh, they're recorded in the book of Matthew. Jesus says, we'll give an account for every word, every idle word. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. My actions and my speech should not be right just because of judgment. But it would be foolish for me not to consider the fact that one day I will be judged and I will give an account. James says, so speak ye and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. This verse says more than just consider judgment. It also shows by what law that we're going to be judged. When it comes to practicing the truth, number four, we must speak and walk in love. We must speak and walk in love. Now, you might look at that verse and say, Pastor Frost, where in the world did you get the word love from? I don't see love in verse number 12. I see the way we speak and what we do, our actions. I see judged, but I don't see love. Where are you getting that from? Has Pastor Frost uh, lost his mind? What's going on? I I want you to pay attention to that, that last little phrase there. By the law of liberty by the law of liberty. That phrase caught my attention. It caught my attention in James 1.25, our, our chapter beforehand, when it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. And and I really felt like that that was, you know, perfect law of liberty, that was God's word. You know, some might call it the gospel. But I was looking I, I was looking to hear this passage and, and just trying to figure out what what does it mean? So speak and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. What is that? The Lord led me to two different passages. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 36, 40. If you're very familiar with this, this is Jesus giving a set of commands. He's he's asked about which commands are uh, the most important Verse number 36, the man says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He doesn't stop there though. He says, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, don't, don't miss it, okay? Verse number 40, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. Jesus says you take all the law and everything the prophets have said and you can hang it on these two commandments that we are and you are to love God and to love others. Now, with that in our mind, I want you to look with me at Galatians chapter 5. Paul, through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to the church of Galatia, in verses 13 and 14 says this, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And then verse 14, for All the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The Holy Spirit is teaching us here, I believe in this passage, that the law of liberty is this law of love. Jesus said you can hang all of the law on two things, loving God and loving others. And the Holy Spirit says through Paul that we're called unto liberty. We're not to use that liberty as an occasion of the flesh just to do wrong. We've got liberty, but that doesn't give us liberty to live any way we want to, but it gives us liberty to love but by love, serve one another, serve one another. He says, for all the laws fulfilled in one word, all all those laws, the the things that we're talking about in the law that uh, I believe James is referring to, all that law, it's fulfilled in one word. It's, It's hung on one page. Even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. What is James saying? When it comes to our speech and when it comes to what we do, our actions, we need to consider that our speech and works will be judged by our love for God and our love for others. That law of liberty. How well did you love your neighbor? How well did you love God? We will be judged. We need to consider that what we say and what we do will be judged by the law of liberty. It'll be judged by the law of love that that all the law is, is hung on, that hook. What a powerful truth. What unbelievable. We've been studying love this week through devotions and we'll continue to study love this week. But what an exclamation point for us as believers to make sure that we are loving God and we are loving others. We've got one more verse to look at. We've said a couple things tonight. We're not better than someone for practicing some of the law. We don't get selective obedience. We don't get to pick and choose. If we're guilty of one, we're guilty of all of it. We should live as though we'll be judged. We must speak and walk in love because that's what we're gonna be judged by. We've got one more verse here. Verse number 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Lastly this evening, practical thoughts on practicing the truth. We will experience the same treatment and judgment that we showed others. Let me say it again. We will experience the same treatment and judgment that we showed others. For he shall have judgment without mercy that has showed no mercy. I don't know about you. I want mercy. I'm saying it right now. Mark it down on record. I want mercy when it comes to that judgment. If, if every word and every action uh, will be made light and I'll give an account for it, you know what I want? I want mercy. I want it. And God says this. If you want mercy you better show it. You better show it. It better come out in your reactions and actions towards other people. Um, Brother Tim Smith on on Monday during his devotion gave us a great illustration of this truth. Uh, There was the man who owed somebody this outrageous amount of money and the man forgave him all of it. The man showed him great mercy. That man leaves and he goes to somebody who owes him a, a very small amount of money. And he threatens the man. He says, if you don't pay me now, I'm gonna lock you up and, and, and imprison you. And, uh, and, he, and he does that. And The man who showed such great mercy found out about how this man treated this other person. And he calls him back into question. And he calls him on that. And all of a sudden, the great mercy that was shown in the beginning is removed and taken away because that man was not willing to show mercy to the other person. It's a difficult truth, but James writes through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, for he that have judgment without mercy hath not showed mercy. James is not saying anything that Jesus did not already say. Matthew chapter seven, verses one and two, Jesus says there to his disciples, judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. How you judge others is gonna be the same way that you will in turn be judged against. We need to conclude, I've been long enough, let me sum up what we've talked about tonight. Number one, we said if we failed in one area, we are guilty in all. That reminds us that we're all sinners, saved sinners, in need of God's grace. Number two, we said we don't need to pick and choose, or we, we shouldn't pick and choose while we obey in Scripture. Um, don't have selective obedience as you practice the truth. Thirdly, we need to consider we will be judged. We we sing that song, we grew up singing it. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Or, oh, be careful, little tongue, what it says. Or, be careful, little hands, what you do. Why? Because the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little hands or little eyes, what you do or what you see or little tongue, what, what you speak we need to consider that we'll be judged. Number four, we said we'll be judged according to how we love God and how we loved others. So do and speak as you'll be judged by the law of liberty. And then lastly, we said, let's make sure we treat others right because it's gonna come back to us as we were judged. Every time I think about that, I think about that hero of the faith, Patch the Pirate, and his song, Uh, the boomerang's gonna come back. The boomerang's gonna come back, gonna come back, gonna come back to you. So be careful what you say, my friend, and be careful what you do. That that boomerang, it's gonna come back. And may we treat others with mercy. May we treat others with love. Maybe you're here tonight and, and you don't know Christ as your personal savior. I'm so delighted that you're tuning in or that you've tuned in now. And uh, we've, we've talked about sin tonight. Let me remind you what scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one, that, that our righteousness as is, is as filthy rags. And you might be uh, sitting here listening to uh, this video thinking, ah, I'm, I'm really not that bad though. I mean, I'm a pretty good person. I go, I go to church every week, I uh, man, I'm faithful, uh, I, even, I even give to the poor, I even help people out, I try to be kind, I'm a good citizen, and I'm so, thank you for being a good citizen. But what we talked about today says that if, if we've missed it in one area, we're guilty of all of it, that we're sinners. I came across a passage earlier today that I wanted to share with you if that's you. Psalm 130 verses three and four says this, if thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? This psalmist says, God, if you're, if you're standing up there with a, with, a, <laughs> with a checkbox marking how many times we've done wrong, who, who in the world could stand before you? Because we're sinners. But verse number four says this, but there... Is forgiveness with thee. Isn't that a wonderful thought? If God's up there just checkboxing our our sins, who can stand before him except for the fact there's forgiveness found in him? If that's you, you don't know Christ is your personal savior, you're not saved, you don't know heaven will be your eternal home, you've never placed your faith in Jesus, you got to understand you're a sinner. That sin separates us from God. There had to be a payment for that sin. We have to believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he died for us, that he rose again. And we've got to be willing to put our faith in him and him alone. For Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We've emphasized sin though this evening. And let me share one last passage with you. First John chapter one, verse number eight and nine. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But the next verse, verse nine, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God means all, he means all. And if you're a sinner tonight and you've never been saved, would you confess before him? Would you receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior? He wants to forgive you. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to make you whole. The heavenly father wants you to be his child that's available for you. And it's my prayer this evening or whenever you're watching this video, if, if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know Christ as my personal savior, would you receive him tonight? Maybe say a prayer like this prayer. You're not praying to me, but you're praying to Heavenly Father. If you don't know for sure going to heaven, you'd like to go to heaven and you truly believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for you, that he rose again, and you're willing to put your faith, your trust, and have a personal relationship with him I want you to pray this, something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot save myself. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive my sins and take me to heaven when I die. I'm putting my trust and faith in you for eternity. Amen. If you prayed that, I wanna rejoice with you. I might never meet you, but heaven right now is having a celebration. There's joy in the presence of the angels when one person does what you just did. For our church family, thank you for jumping in and being a part of our Wednesday evening service. I'm so delighted to be back inside the church house this Sunday morning. Yes. There'll be some differences. Yes, there'll be some things that we'll need to do that we talked about earlier and that you're gonna hear about later this week through an email or text message. Listen, we get to assemble. Let's rejoice in that. For those who are able to come at nine, I would love, I can't wait to preach to you. I can't wait uh, to be there in the auditorium with you and, and to share, we, we can't shake hands we can't hug. Um, you know, we're not gonna pass offering place like we normally do. No, no greeting time like we normally do. Oh, we get to be there. We get to see each other. I can't wait to see you. And then for those who will come at 11, same. Uh, I pray that you have a wonderful evening and I pray that God would, would help these truths that we talked about tonight to be so real in your life. There'll be some questions that are tagged uh, for those who want to dig just a little bit deeper and to discuss uh, the truth for tonight, they'll be tagged in the comments. Once again, thank you for joining us. Let me have a word of prayer as we close. Father, you are so good to us. Uh, you love us so much, and thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of James and what we've learned as a church through it. I can't wait till next Wednesday till we can jump back in the next couple of verses. They're powerful verses, but these verses were helpful. I, I pray that we would we caught. Uh, these considerations tonight for us practicing the truth, for us living our faith. And uh, God, I I pray that as we catch these, we would realize how gracious and merciful you are to us and how you ask us to in turn be so gracious and merciful to those around us. Uh, Because you love us, we ought to love those around us. And God, we'll be measured by that. I, I pray that we'd catch it as a church family. If there's one tonight or one watching this video that received Jesus as their savior, we rejoice in that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. And for all of us, may we take the truths that we've learned this evening. May we listen to your Holy Spirit. May we make application to our life and may we do what your Holy Spirit has spoken to us about. God, I pray that you'd bless the remainder of our week. Thank you for the opportunity to reopen this Sunday. I pray that you'd work out all the details in the kings. God, I pray that our spirit and our attitude in worship would be incredible. And may we lift up your son, Jesus Christ. We'll thank and praise you for it. And we come to you in the name of your son, Jesus, tonight. to Ask these things. Amen. Thank you for joining in. And uh, looking forward to the devotional tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. Hope you can tune in. God bless.